What I'm going to do now for a few minutes, I'm going to take a few minutes. I'm going to answer your questions live. I'm going to start with some questions you've already sent in. And so if you want to send in a question, you can get on the app and click um, the, the button for birthday Q&A and type in your question. Or you can text ASK to 903-331-0559. Someone asked me if this was my cell phone number and I said, I am not that dumb. <laughs> and so uh, you, can, you can text ASK to 903-331-0559 and then text your question. So send one text with ASK in it and then text your question after that and they'll shoot those up to me. And so let me go ahead and start um, with some of the questions that you've already sent in. And, uh, and these, were, these were great questions, by the way. Number one, uh, this one was, uh, why, did, why did you start Pathway Church? Well, you know, Julie and I were sitting around one night and said, what could we do because we're so bored? Um, <laughs> no, um, honestly, um, and it'd take a long time to answer the question, but the bottom line was this, uh, Julie and I, um, I, I felt called when I was about 18 years old to start a church. I never felt called to take over an existing church. I'm not wired that way. To me, it would be harder for me to take over an existing church than just like even tomorrow, if God said, Marty, you have to leave Pathway, I would just go again and start a brand new one. That's just the way I am. I've always kind of pioneered ministry and uh, missions organizations, that kind of stuff. And that's just the way that I'm wired. But here was the whole thing. And, and this, you, you got to hear my heart on this because I don't have time to explain everything. I don't have time to filter everything because I want to answer as many questions. Um, I believe the church is the hope of the world. And, and I believe that people are called to change the world. I believe that we are called to take over the world for Jesus. And that's simple theology. What I see all the way to eschatology is this thing ends with us ruling and reigning with Jesus. And my concern was there's a lot of places where the focus got shifted to having a church or going to a church instead of changing the world. And so if you, if you hang out here, what you're going to hear me say all the time, take over the world, change the world, make a difference. That's all I'm going to say because that's my message. Because we are called by God to know who we are and go change the world. I mean, that's the whole thing. And so for us, it was never about having a church or, or, or going to church. It was about raising up a group of people to change the world. And while we would do some organized outreaches and we will have some plans on that, um, at the same time, I didn't want to have to have an organized outreach for people to go be the hands and feet of Jesus. I want to, I want to teach people to, at where you work, pray for your coworkers when they're sick or struggling, to, to, to shine the light wherever you're at and to have this lifestyle that we're supposed to take dominion in whatever environment. In other words, we're supposed to take over the world in whatever environment that is, whether that's our family or our office or whether that is serving out on a, on a Saturday like at Jesus Burger or something like that, we're supposed to, to be light. So that, that was the whole thing is that I, I'd felt like maybe, you know, unfortunately, um, uh, you know, as churches, as churches grow, um, we, we kind of have a bad tendency. And the tendency is we start turning in. And it becomes, a, it, it becomes about, well, this is our church, and this is the way we like it, and these are the types of songs we, we want, and this is the color we want, the carpet, and, and, and this is the potluck. You can't take away our potluck, and don't take away our Sunday school class. We just finally got it, and you know we've had this for 87 years. And, 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 and what, what happens is you become, and I mean, this is, please hear my heart humbly, you almost, we almost become a, a Christian, you know, kind of social club. I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm not saying people have bad intentions, but I'm saying we become about us. Yeah. 
when we're supposed to be about them. And so to me, that, that's why we will always be growing because the best way to stay focused on them is to stay focused on them. The best way to not get focused on us is to be focused. That's why it's like last night telling, you know, our five o'clock, hey, we're moving from, from Saturday to Sunday. And they, they love the Saturday, but they were like, okay, because what we said is we're going to say yes to God. We're going to grow. We're going to open up more seats. Um, we're going to open up more room because it's isn't about us. It's about the people who aren't here yet, right? It's not about our potluck, right? It's about the fact that they need to know Jesus, right? And so, and so to me, uh, as a church, we constantly, you know, we have to fight that. Does that make sense? And so uh, to me as a church, that's why we're all the time, oh, well, let's turn our focus out. Let's turn our focus out. We'll change anything. We'll sacrifice any sacred cow. We are not going to turn into that type. We're a movement, not a monument, right? And so anyways, all right, that's, I, I don't know if I answered that, but I was having, having fun. Um, <laughs> what's my favorite story about Pathway? There's a lot. Um, there's some good ones and some funny ones. And, and I can tell you about the, the time when we were in the Ramada and we were trying to get here and, and it was the, like, I don't even know what our biggest offering to date was. Um, and God supernaturally, this, this family walked in went up to an elder and said, Hey, we, we want to give a hundred thousand dollars to the church. And that was a miracle. We didn't even know that could happen. And <laughs> so I was like, Whoa, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, that was cool. I can tell you by the time the staff person uh, pr- uh, sprayed an aerosol, uh, liquid uh, lubricant into a paper shredder while it was turned on and we had a flash fire in the office. That's pretty fun. Um, <laughs> I won't tell you who, but it took their eyebrows off. It was not me. Uh, it took their eyebrows off. So they showed up, showed up at staff lunch with no eyebrow. That was pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I can tell you about the time I was just shaking hands out in the front and this guy came up to me, Pastor, I'm real mad at you. Okay, I'm sorry. What 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 happened? Well, you never called me back. Oh, man, I apologize. When, when did you call? Well, two years ago. I'm like, bro, you've been mad a long time. <laughs> like, okay, like, uh, okay. And uh, I said, well, what number? Because we had moved offices and I'd moved houses. You know, I'm like, what number did you call? And the right number. Okay. <laughs> And so anyways, I said, well, what could I help you with? And he said, I want you to come to my house and eat a ham sandwich. Uh, Okay. And he said, here's why, because I want you to invite me to your house to eat a ham sandwich. And I was like, okay, um, I'm scared. (laughs) And, uh, and I would love to do that. I'd love to have everybody pathway at my house to eat a ham sandwich, but Pastor Julie does not like ham. So we're just out on that. Sorry. Anyways. Um, but, but for me, uh, the greatest stories for me are like when you, when you see a, a, a man get baptized and then turn around and baptize the whole family. And when you do a marriage for a couple that had gotten a divorce and they're, now they're getting remarried. Um, when you, when you watch people, th- those are all the stories for me. You know, I was thinking about watching the miracle in, in baby Rosie. And I don't know if y'all know the Luthers, but, uh, early on this baby's born, they give it no hope whatsoever. And our church just prayed and we went up to Dallas and prayed and, and baby Rosie's doing great. She's, she was here this weekend. And so those are cool stories. Uh, so those, I, I could go on and on. Maybe we'll do, a, 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 we'll get the staff up. That would be, oh no, no, we wouldn't do that. <laughs> but it's like, we'll get the staff up and tell stories, but no. Uh, no, because I don't know what they're going to say. Um, does the growth and expansion of Pathway scare you in terms of leadership, accountability, and Pathway culture consistency? Um, that's a great question. Does it scare me? No, because I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, the way I'm wired, I think, I don't, 
Scared would not be the right word. Do I respect it? Do I revere it? Um, do I understand that, that even I can screw the whole thing up? Um, and that's kind of the weight you always carry as a senior leader um, because I, I wish the church um, didn't, I wish my personality wasn't part of it, but I am who I am. And so my personality is who it is. And that's a part of what we do. So if all of a sudden I was gone, it would make an impact. We're trying to make sure that if God took me off face the planet tomorrow, this church would continue on. So there's some things set. So I have, I guess I have a reverence. Um, I have strong accountability. I do. Uh, my, my older brother's uh, on staff with, with us, and I know some people, well, he's your brother. And, uh, no, you don't understand. <laughs> it's great to have people around you that will never be impressed because they know. They know about the time you pooped in the swimming pool. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> they can tell that story. And so, so it's, it's sometimes good to have people around you that's just never going to be wild, no matter how big the church gets. And and all of that, and, and be able to keep you very centered. So I think that's good. We also have a strong elder team, and I'm accountable to them and in, in all the decisions, and, and they can terminate me, they can fire me. And then also we have our relationship as a Gateway Network church. Uh, we're one of like 60 churches that relates to Gateway in that way. And, um, and so if we need help, then, then they would come in and help. And so um, as far as culture consistency, I think it's kind of like when a kid grows, the more, I think a lot of times there again, we kind of look and say, oh no, if we grow, are we still going to be us? And what I say is kind of like when your kids, uh, the more they grew, the more they became them. And I think if we're really going to see who pathway is, we have to continue to grow. Does that make sense? And so we do, we, by the way, we work really hard to protect culture. Um, and uh, we work really hard to make sure our culture stays consistent, even in all of our services. Um, and so, and, and in all of our ministries. And so I'm not really worried because we have some things in place for that. But I think as we grow, we become more, more like us. Um, <clears throat> will freedom classes and Harais return? Uh, yes, but not in that way. Um, and so we actually have a freedom conference coming in uh, February called Become, Become. Because we have four B's, right? Four B's, Believe, Belong, Become, and Build, Become. And so we're actually have a freedom conference that we call Become, so it's consistent with our vision. So I'd love for you to come to that. I don't know if they can register for it yet, but anyways, it's coming in February. It's going to be awesome. Um, and then for us, uh, we did freedom classes for a time, and, and classes are good, um, but we found life change happens in the context of people. You're broken in relationships. You're healed in relationships. And so we're actually working on freedom life groups that have a, not to take away, we have some freedom life groups that are more uh, subject specific, like codependence or depression or that kind of thing, which those are great and we're not going to change those. But we're going to add a freedom life group that has a track, has an actual set uh, curriculum to it. Um, and then we're going to ask everybody in the church to go through it because freedom and discipleship are synonymous. Because freedom is not about stopping stuff. It's about becoming fully who God created me to be. And so we, we will do that, but it'd be a little bit different. And so hopefully we'll launch those life groups in the spring or after the conference. And uh, so anyway, so hopefully that answers that. Uh, where do you see Pathway in 10 years uh, in the area of discipleship? So let me answer that kind of in two parts. Uh, where do I see it in 10 years? Um, here, here's the thing. I'm going to say this, and this is going to sound too big for some people in this room, and that's okay. Just don't let it stress you. Just keep coming, and we'll get there together. Uh, but in 10 years, we'll probably be, uh, I don't know, five to 7,000 people in probably five to eight locations. Um, and, and so that's, 
that's kind of the direction. And you're like, oh no, we could never do that. It's okay. People told me I couldn't do this. So, like I, 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 you know, like some people love the, sw- the smell of napalm in the morning. I love the, the, the smell of haters in the morning. It just fuels me. Um, um, but we're, if we're, if we're going to take over the world, we're going to take over the world. And so to me, I, I kind of have a picture of what pathway is supposed to look like. And, and if you, if you're a Bible person, it's going to look like Antioch. And if that makes sense, Antioch was, a, was a worshiping center. It was a ministry center and it was a sending center. Um, and you read about it in the book of Acts, but so to me, that's always what's been branded on my heart. And so because of that, um, we'll actually have a ministry school where we're going to raise up people to be missionaries, church planners, children's pastors, worship leaders, and send them all over the world. And, and I, I went to Bible school and because of that, I want to create a ministry school (laughs) (laughs) because like, for instance, I went to Bible school and Jesus said, preach the gospel of the kingdom. I didn't have one class on what the kingdom was. Right? But they taught me about hermeneutics and homiletics, and which I don't even use because nobody even understands how I preach. And so I don't, I don't, so, yeah, I just make stuff up. No, no, really it's it. Anyways, uh, but, but, um, so, so there's, there's a lot for us, us to, to get done. In the area of discipleship, I got, a, I got several questions about discipleship and even like once we get back into the new building, um, we have one big service. Can we have, you know, Sunday school? So let me, let me answer, try to put all that together. Number one, when we build this new building, if we're not in three services, I'll be amazed. I don't think you guys quite understand what's coming, right? Just trust me on that. I think the staff gets it, but I don't think you understand what it's going to be like. Um, I'll, we, we're adding a fourth service. I'll be amazed if we make it a year without adding a fifth service. Like you, there are times when you can feel momentum and I can feel it. Um, I've only felt it one other time like this, and we grew 100 people, 150 people in eight weeks, and we've already grown nearly 100 people in five weeks. And so there are just times that you feel big mo, right? And we start knocking trees down, and then the bandwagon effect is created, and people won't be apart. It's going to be awesome. We have people everywhere. We'll just be sitting on top of each other. Right, so probably we'll go to a fifth service within a year, and probably the year after that we'll either have to go mobile or move to a different location before we can even get our building built. So that's just what's coming. But <clears throat> that being said, we're not going to have one big even even with seven or eight hundred seats. We're not going to have one service. It, it just won't fit. It just won't trust me. Y'all trust me? Am I freaking y'all out? This is called Vision Baptism Weekend. That's what this is called. Um, and so. Um, and by the way, some people sometimes look, well, you, Pastor, you just want to be famous. Trust me, my life would be easier if we never grew. I got a good, like, trust me, I'm sitting here looking to you. You want to preach four times in a day? You know what I mean? It, like, we, we had a good mojo going. I'd be fine to stay with it if I wasn't trying to reach as many people as I could before I died. I'd just stay where I was, right? And so, trust me, my life would be easier if we never grew. Uh, I'm just telling you, we're going to grow um, because what, what is more, I, you can't have conquest and comfort. And since taking over the world is a greater value to me than my comfort, that's the one that wins, right? So you can't have, if you value comfort, you can't do conquest. If you value conquest, you can't be comfortable, right? So we will never be comfortable. I haven't been comfortable since we started. So God, God works really hard to make sure I never get comfortable. So, but on the area of discipleship, we had a, lot, we had some, a few questions about Sunday school and that type of thing. And listen, I love Sunday school. I grew up going to Sunday school, man, every Sunday morning. 
right? We had Sunday school at 9.45. Amen. Um, Can I humbly submit something that I think is good for all of us in this context? Is that human nature is that when God moves, when wine is poured out, and we are people of the Spirit, that's wine. When wine is poured out, we have to put it in something. We call that a wineskin. And human nature is most of the time we fall in love with the wineskin. Right? I love, the, I love the way we used to do that. I love the way we used to sing that. I love the way. And, and there's nothing wrong with it. It served the purpose of holding the wine when God was pouring it out that way. Right? But could you imagine if we still did church like the New Testament church in the book of Acts? Nobody would come. Going house to house, not, no air condition, church every single day people dying for their faith. Like we, we shoot off Roman candles at, at, at the 4th of July, but you understand what a Roman candle was? It was when Nero would capture Christians and set them on fire on a post on the street in Rome. Nobody wants to buy that on the 4th of July, right? So I'm just saying that it, God moves, he pours out his spirit and we put structure around it, which we have to. But sometimes then we start falling in love with the wine skin and not the wine. And, and Sunday school is, is good, but if the, areas, if, you're, if the question is, what do we do for discipleship? Are we going to start a discipleship program? We have one. It's called life groups. And I don't mean that facetiously, but let me help you with what Jesus did in the New Testament. Would that be a good model of ministry and life, what Jesus did? Jesus went to the temple, right? He went to church. He did outreach, whether that was the woman at the well or teaching on the hillside, and he lived in a life group. That's all he ever did. He never sat down and had a class. And I'm not against classes, but I think sometimes we confuse receiving information with discipleship. Discipleship is not the information you receive, it's the scripture you apply. And I, I've been to a lot of churches, hopefully not this one, but I've been to a lot of churches where they got so much scripture and they receive so much information, they just don't do any of it, right? Does, it, does that make sense? I don't want that to be harsh because I don't know who asked the question. It may have been Julie who asked the question. I don't know, but I'm just trying to, trying to teach us as a church. There, there's different wineskins. It's kind of like last night. We had a wineskin called Saturday at 5 o'clock, and now we have a new wineskin called Sunday at 4 and Sunday at 6, right? Um, and, and it's hard sometimes to make those transitions because as humans, we, listen, there's things I love about the church I grew up in that would never work in this church. There's things I've, I love about other things that I've been a part of that would never work with what God's called us to do. It's a wineskin. And sometimes we need to identify the difference between wine and wineskin. And what the Bible teaches us more than anything is that growth and discipleship happens in relationship, not just in receiving information. Does that make sense? So we're going to be changed and grow more in the context of relationships than just sitting in class and receiving information, even though that's good and wonderful, and, and I love it, and it's served a purpose. The other side of that is if we want to build an education wing, we're going to need about $7 million more. Anybody got that check today? <laughs> so. I'm just kidding. Does that, does that help with that? And so, so we're always going to have discipleship. And, you know, school ministry or ministry school and, and life groups and, and conferences and different things like that. Yeah, we'll have all that. Will we ever have a Sunday school program? Probably not. We won't have facilities for it. 
Um, but, you know, it, it's just, it's, if God moves that way, yeah. And I understand a lot of people love that, but um, does that make sense? So hopefully I didn't offend you. So uh, I like this one. Um, so many people choose a church by denomination, like Baptist, Methodist, Catholic. How would you describe pathway to someone looking for a home church? Not using, I like this, not using non-denominational in the description. I don't like, I, please don't call us non-denominational. Like, please don't. Because that means something, right? I mean, if you call us non-denominational, we're like, you know, the, the, the church with a cool website and a coffee shop named something kind of corny spiritual like holy grounds you know <laughs> hebrews and, and so anyways it's like don't don't call us non-denominational that kind of comes with all of its own baggage and i don't like to be compared to so please don't we're not non-denominational well what are we well um what i ask when people say well what kind of, what, what church is like i always say well where'd you come from well i'm baptist what did you enjoy yeah well we're baptist That's kind of the way I go. Are you Methodist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, we got Methodists everywhere, man. Come on in. Water's fine, right? Um, here's how I really describe it. If you want to say we're a spirit-empowered evangelical church. Spirit-empowered evangelical church. What is that? Well, we focus on four things, right? Now, I pick these four things because they work with any denomination that names the name of Jesus. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Jesus is the son of God. You must be born again and the Holy Spirit fills and leads us. Nobody can argue with that. If they're a Christian, I don't hear what denomination, Episcopalian, Pentecostal, doesn't matter. They're going to be okay with those four things. And when we started Pathway, we wanted to focus on what brought the body together, not what fragmented it, right? And so I can give you my eschatology, but you know, everybody's eschatology, you know what it is? A holy guess. Because we won't know till it happens. Right? And so, um, anyways, uh, so, but spirit-empowered evangelical church. What does that mean? Well, here's what we focus on. The Bible is the word of God. Jesus is the son of God. You must be born again. The Holy Spirit fills and leads us. Does that sound like something you could go to? Great. Come on. Right? Does that make sense? So that's how, how, we, how we do that. Um, all right. Let me see if we have any more questions. Oh, Lord. Um, will you ever do a message on how to deal with self-harm and depression? Yeah, I will now. Uh, yeah, I actually will. That's, a lot of times we do these questions, I log them all. If you send in a question, I keep it. It's on my computer. And the reason is because as I'm writing sermons, I'll read these questions and say, how can I answer these questions in different messages? And so, yeah, I will now. Absolutely. Uh, depression is hard. And, uh, and so self-harm is hard. And it's something that uh, people deal with. Um, do you think God is satisfied with where Pathway is right now and where Pathway is going? Uh, I do. I mean, if he's, if he's not, then the elders need to apologize to me. <laughs> because they think we're going in the right direction. And, you know, when you think about what, God, what we're seeing God do in our midst, it's, it's, a, it's a story. And, um, I, yeah, I think, I think God is. I, God, listen, here's the thing I always know with God is if I mess up, I'm going to get life in the electric chair. And so, and so God has a really good way of letting me know when I've messed up. And, uh, and so, and, and so I, he hadn't let me know that. In fact, uh, before we made some of the decisions we made now, I, I, I take time and, and meet with God every day. But I took extended time of prayer and fasting and said, God, we're going to go to four services. I got to know you're in it. I want to know your plan. I want to know your heart. 
You know, God, we're, especially signing a construction contract when you don't have all the money, that's fine. You know, I, I don't know if you'd like to do that, but I did. Yippee-ki-yay. <laughs> so, uh, cow poke. But anyways, uh, uh, how do you integrate women in leadership in church and teaching young women about becoming a leader in the community? Um, well, how do we integrate women leadership in church? We have a lot of women leaders. We have female pastors and we, they're associate pastors and, uh, we, we have that. And then we believe in women leadership. We have a lot of women leaders, uh, in the church, uh, teaching young women about becoming a leader. We were having a conversation about this the other day. Um, I would recommend they be at scene at the, at the women's conference scene, um, and, uh, and we do want to raise up leaders, men and women. That's one of our focuses all the time. Um, so, uh, you know, becoming a leader in the community and teaching young women about becoming, yeah. So, I mean, these are things that, that we, I feel like we are working on. You know, again, there's a lot that we want to do, but it always comes down to, to manpower. And so there's only so much, our staff, um, can I just... Like, so you know, because a lot of people don't, I, someday I think we ought to shoot a video of what it's like to be on staff here. Um, <laughs> because I don't think people understand. I think sometimes people think we sit around and wait on the phone to ring and we're all in a prayer meeting and, and that kind of thing. And, and it's not like that. <laughs> like we wish it was like that. Um, and, and so our staff works hard and they work long hours. Um, and, uh, and so, but even with that, there's still things we would love to do, but there's no way to do them until we hire more people, right? And so we're doing two things all the time, raising up uh, volunteer leaders, and we have a lot of those, and we're so happy about them. And those, from those volunteer leaders, that's usually how they just end up on our staff. You know, like uh, Holly Luther was one of those that came up through volunteer leadership, was a coordinator for Pastor Jessica, and we just uh, put her on staff uh, in a part-time capacity, uh, helping Pastor Jessica with children's ministry, women's ministry, and also helping some in, in the office. And so that's what we do. You just We just kind of raise up our own employee. We may have hired everybody in this room by the time we're seven years old. I don't know, but that's that's what we, we found when we hire our people. It's just really easy to keep moving because you already know what we're about, how we do things, you know everything. Thing and uh, and so we're 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 all the time working on stuff. There's just a limit to to how much we can do uh, with the with the people uh, and the resources that we have. But our staff um, our staff is uh, amazing. First of all, and I just like I said, it's so hard to explain. But if you could imagine. Like if you work at a company that's a multi-million dollar company with with you know a million, two million, over two million in assets uh, that 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 has you know about sixteen hundred customers. That's kind of what it's like to work at the office, and so it's like a scene from the office some days, like the show. Anyway, um, do you ever preach at Switch? Yeah, whenever they let me. Um, <laughs> Yeah, usually, usually about once or so a year, Pastor James will ask me to come in. It's one of my favorite things to do um, is to talk to teenagers. And so I was a youth pastor, and they keep me young. I have teenagers that live with me. And so, yeah, I, um, I like to preach at Switch. I'm not trying to put past, pressure on Pastor James because they have a great communication team. But, uh, and I'm usually the most long-winded one. Shocker. And so, anyways, but yeah, I love to preach at Switch. Um, all right, there are no more questions would it be all right if I just if I preach for just a minute? Sure. Would y'all be okay with that? Yeah. Can y'all just kind of stretch it out, punch your neighbor, wake them up? Stretch it out like that. I, I got this message that, that because this group's launched that I want to share 
with you. And so really one verse, Ephesians 4.16, one verse, Ephesians 4.16. Let me read this and then we're gonna pray. Ephesians 4.16 says, he makes, Jesus makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow. So the whole body is healthy, growing and full of love. Amen. Let me pray for us. Jesus, we need you. Amen. All right. And so when I read this message... When, when I read that, that's like for real. That's like some of my prayers. That's what they sound like, okay? Uh, but when I read this text, when I read this text, um, I actually thought about, I thought about something I, I played growing up and then my kids had. I thought about Legos. So in a way, this Arise Together is our theme, but I'm going to call this, this little message et, if you will, um, Lessons from Legos. Um, because anybody ever play with Legos? Yeah, my kid, I, we played with Legos growing up. They were not as, as intense as they are now. Now you can like build the Death Star and I think it's in its actual size. I don't know, but, um, but anyways, um, you know, they, they weren't quite as, 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 as thorough, I guess you would say, as, as they are, but, but awesome. You know, Legos are awesome. And how many know what's even more awesome is when you find a Lego in the middle of the night on the floor with your foot. Isn't that amazing? You'll find out if you're saved at that moment. Just by what comes out. You're going to shout praise, huh? Oh, bless the Lord. <laughs> so, um, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that, that is walking through the Lego minefield in the middle of the night, the valley of the shadow of death. Uh, but I was thinking about uh, Ephesians 4.16. I was thinking about what we could learn from Legos. And so you might want to write these down. Three things really quickly. I promise I will get you out of here mostly on time. Three things really quickly. Number one is this. Uh, when I looked at Ephesians 4, I, I came to this. You are a part. You are a part. Ephesians 4.16 says this. The first little phrase says, he makes the whole body fit together Perfectly, just like this, all, all of these Legos, they're all individual parts. They're all a part of what we're trying to get in this box and they all fit together perfectly. And what I love about this is the fact that what the Bible tells us is Jesus is building something. He is building a church and Ephesians 4 tells us that the church, all the members of the church, all the people fit together. In other words, and, and with all respect, I, I will say this, if I fight connection to the body, I am fighting the mission of Jesus. And I understand sometimes we have bad experiences or we're like, who needs life group? I don't even understand life group, blah, 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 blah. But here's what I'm saying. Ephesians 4 tells us Jesus is trying to put something together. There is a picture he's trying to get on this earth. And the great thing is you're a part of it. You are a part of the picture. In other words, he needs all the pieces right? So you have a place and you have a people and you have a family. You belong somewhere, right? You belong, that's what, that's what Paul's telling us. You belong somewhere. First Corinthians 12, 12 says that, that this one body has many members. This one body has many members. One version said, we are members in particular. In other words, like when you look at this box, there's only certain parts, certain numbers of certain parts. And there's probably one or two parts in here that there is no other part at all like it at all, right? In the, and so we are all parts of what Jesus is trying. Why do we do life groups? Because we're trying to let Jesus connect us so he can get the picture that he wants. Does that make sense? So, so you are a part. And you know what I love about this? There are no parts that don't fit. There you go. Like every part fits somewhere, come on, come on. right? 
And so you are a part, Here, here's number two, you write this down. If you are a part, then you have a part. If you are a part, you, can you come to the next service? If you have a part, <laughs> then you have a part, right? Here's the second phrase of Ephesians 4, 16. As each part does its own special work, right? You have a part. As each part does its work. You, you are a part, but you have a part. In other words, you are necessary. You are. Uh, I think sometimes we we've, sometimes can feel about ourselves. I think the enemy really helps us think that we're marginal, right? But you are necessary. You know what's crazy? Because have you ever built Legos? Like, you know, when the kids were little and Luke, Luke was doing Legos, but the other little kids were too little and they would grab parts and run away. And Luke and I would chase them. <laughs> because there is nothing worse than getting to the end and you're like, I'm missing one of the blades of the propeller. Yeah. Like we did all of this and that's not here. See, here's the thing. When you're not here, you're missing out, but we're missing something. When you're not connected, we're mi you're missing out, but we're missing something. We're still not getting the picture that Jesus wants to put together because all the parts are absolutely necessary and no one else can do your part, right? See, see, if, if we want to get, like if we're building, this is, this is Lego City uh, 6 to 12. I'm not old enough to put this together. Um, but, um, <laughs> but if we want to get the picture that's on here with this helicopter and this four-wheeler, right? That sounds fun to me, like helicopters and four-wheelers. Bring it on. Um, but, but if we want to get this picture, you know what? If we want this picture, then we're going to need all the parts connected. You know what's interesting? is the Bible gives us a picture of the New Testament church. Yeah. And if we're going to get what that picture looks like, yeah. then we're going to have to have all the parts. Yeah. You never knew Legos would preach like that. You never knew that. <laughs> you didn't know that business, right? Right? So 1 Corinthians twelve seventeen says, if the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? If the whole body were an ear, how would you smell? Right? In other words... Um, we're all different parts and we need all the different parts and we all have different functions and we all do different things. We all have a part. And if you're not connected, we don't have your part. If you're not connected, we don't have your part. And, and if we're not here, you don't have our part. And for, for Jesus to put together what he wants to put together, we have things called life groups where we come and we get connected because what the Bible says is there's something we all contribute. First uh, Corinthians 12 uh, verse seven says we all have a spiritual gift. There are things that only you contribute. There are things that only you contribute. Uh, and there are things that only I contribute. And so we need what everybody brings together. So, so you are a part, you have a part. Here's the third thing. You play a part. You play a part. Ephesians 4, 16, the third phrase uh, in Ephesians 4, 16 um, it says this, it helps the other parts. It helps the other parts grow so the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. It helps you. Do you realize that you help the other parts grow, be strong, be healthy, right? In other words, here's the crazy thing. We really can't be us without each other. See, God didn't, you know, codependence, that's, that's a freedom issue, right? Codependence says that I can't be me without you. 
Um, and that's kind of a codependency. The Bible creates, the body of Christ is actually interdependent, yet completely dependent. What I mean is we're interdependent. In other words, we're completely uh, dependent, or we're completely dependent on God, but we're interdependent on each other. For us to get what God wants, we have to have each other. Now, for me to be me, do I need you? Not exactly. That, see, that would be codependence. But I can be me, but more fully we'll become who God wants us to be when we become interdependent, when we are connected to each other. Are you with me? And so, so you are a part, you have a part, but you play a part. See, when, when, you, when you realize that you are a part and you discover you have a part, then you get to play a part. And what the Bible says is that when we find our place and we understand our part and we start determining what we bring to this, this picture, right, then God gets to keep building and connecting. I was thinking about Josh Daniel, Josh D, and he, he hate me for saying this because he doesn't like that. Um, but I was thinking about, because some people say, well, I don't know what my part, I don't know what my gift that, that's why we have a church. That's why we have life groups. That's why we have serve team. That's because we will help you. Like if you understand you are a part and you have a part, we'll help you play a part. Right, I was thinking about Josh. Uh, Josh's sister Cassie came with their aunt and uncle and their cousins uh, to the very first pathway interest meeting. And so they were just like teenage, like young teenage. Cassidy wasn't a teenager. They were young. You see what I'm saying? And, and uh, I thought about, they stuck and they've been here and they came up through, through um, Switch, what's well, now Switch, it changed several times, but it's now Switch um, and, and became leaders. And, and then uh, three years ago, we hired Josh and we hired him, even though he had some skills with computers and things, we hired him because he was just faithful right? He was just always here. And, and he had learned by being, listen, by being on a serve team, he had learned a lot about tech arts. And so we hired him. Well, then we made the transition like a year later and he became like at 21, 22 years old, he became the leader of tech arts. At that time we had like four volunteers in tech arts. Listen to that. Today we have over 30. All right. And then, and then we're talking about live stream. We didn't know how to live stream. We didn't know how to, I don't know how any of that stuff works. I'm okay with that. Not my job, right? <laughs> but here's the thing. It's not like he, he knew how that worked, but he got with some of our partner churches and bigger churches and started doing all the research and came back and said, here's the stuff that I think we need. And, and, and then, and got it all put together and got video working and got it uploaded and, and in the app and all this stuff, right? And, and now live stream, we didn't know how to live stream. He figured it out. Now, he didn't know how to play that part. He just knew he was a part and he had a part. He was a part and he had a part and then he got to play a part. And God's got some big things for him on our staff way beyond tech arts, but it all became because he said, you know what? If if I'm not connected, I'm missing out and they're missing something. Are are you with me? And so some people say, "Well, well, how do I, how do I, how do I play a part? Listen, The Bible really always teaches, number one, you play a part by bringing yourself, like who you are, your personality, the anointing that's that's on your life, the calling that's on your life, the passions that you have, you bring yourself, right? And then you bring your skills, your spiritual gift, right? You bring yourself and bring your skills. You know, I was having this thought um, about this. Wouldn't it be kind of crazy? Wouldn't it be kind of crazy if I took all the parts as they're in in this box, they're all disconnected and I scattered them on the floor and then tried to play with them. Wouldn't that be crazy? Like, oh yeah, I'm going to fly the helicopter, but oh wait, right? Can I be honest? Sometimes in church, 
you didn't know Legos had so much truth. <laughs> Sometimes in church, we try to make a demand from the body that it could only fulfill if all the parts were connected, yes. in, including us. Like, I can't play with this helicopter till all the parts are in the right place. And sometimes we're wanting to, to, I want this, you know, this is what I'm looking for. I'd like to experience this. I'd like to, oh, I need this. Oh, there's something going on in my life. I need this. And we're saying, sometimes we're placing a demand on the church that the church would never be able to fulfill till all the parts are in place, including you. And sometimes we actually make a demand on a church that it can't fulfill because we're not actually in our place. I know there's a mic drop. I don't know if there's like a Lego drop, you know? <laughs> so I think you see what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and so, yeah, lessons from Legos. I, you know, I also, and I don't know how to segue Hawks in here. So Hawks, um, uh, Hawks, this other, I want to give you two pictures, really, Legos and Hawks. Maybe that's the title, Legos and Hawks. Those things go together. Like, not at all. And so... Uh, but um, but I was I, I found out this thing that birds do and hawks do it. It's called they they kettle they kettle, and you've seen them do this. It looks like a swarm of them flying, but it almost looks like a, a pot bowl. In fact, guys, I have a video for you. We didn't shoot this video. We found it on Facebook. Um, but this is have you ever seen birds do this? These are hawks, and this is kettling kettling right. And we're talking about connection, and and what Ephesians four is teaching us is that we do more connected. We go farther connected. We go higher connected. Do you know why hawks and birds kettle like this? Do you know why? Because like this, they can go farther together than they can independently. And like this, they can go higher together than they can by themselves. And when I'm thinking about Ephesians 4, I'm like, yeah, God's trying to put the parts together because when the parts go together, we can do more, we can go farther, and we can go higher. Are you with me? And so, yeah, yeah, okay, go ahead. I don't know. Are we clapping or not? <laughs> Somebody's got to start this slow clap. You know, it's like, I just want to see if I can start one. Anyways, um, but yeah, it's awesome because just like, just like Hawks, just like Legos, listen, when we're all, when we realize we are a part, we have a part and we play a part, that's what those Hawks realize. I am a part, I have a part, I play a part. And when we come together, we can go higher than we can by ourselves and we can go farther than we can by ourselves when we all find our place. And that's why we do live groups because if you wanna grow, get in a live group. You wanna be discipled, get around some people, do life together. And it doesn't matter if it's Frisbee golf or whether it's studying Ephesians, you're going to grow, right? But here's the thing. As we find our place, as we get connected and we discover, oh, I have a part, and we realize that we are a part, then we can actually play a part, and God actually gets the picture that he wants, and we go farther and higher just as God wants us to. Amen? That's a good word. That's two miracles. Two miracles this morning. Number one, Legos preached to us. Number two, I did a message in less than 16 minutes. <laughs> Don't expect that next week. Don't be silly. Don't be crazy. Like, Pastor, can we expect that's the next question? I'm gonna pop up my phone. Can you preach in 16 minutes? No, I can't. No, I can't. It's a miracle. Only happened today. Anyways, why don't you stand with me? 